105K Jams, Hip Hop, and R&B Hits. This is the Midday Party, and of course, as promised, it is Wednesday, so it's Hanson Day. What's up, Hanson? What's going on, Aubrey? How you doing today? Oh, you know, living the dream. <laughs> you got a busy week this week, huh? It is very busy. We are doing Women of Color Expo, and I'm so ready for it to be over. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of behind-the-scenes planning. I think a lot of people think it just kind of gets set up on its own and it's like all the fine details that you know the you know you got to look at things before they get printed or you have to print them out again because somebody put a typo somewhere or missed a comma or whatever so you know we're just in that in that space of just tightening things really up. understand a lot of the work that goes on into these events and things like that i mean there's a lot a lot of behind the scenes just a lot of hard work that's done to bring them off so that people can enjoy them. Absolutely. And, of course, you, you're working with a lot of different people and a lot of different personalities, and there's not enough caffeine to go around, I don't think. <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know, their guilty pleasure is. Good and some aren't. <laughs> that, that just happens in life, you know? Yeah, it does, it does. Well, I know you have a guest on the line. What's up, Miss Starfisher? Hey, girl, Hey. <laughs> You say that every time you talk to me. I love it. What are y'all up to? I feel like you two are up to something. Are we up to something? Maybe. We'll never tell. We, we couldn't tell it if we were. You, you know, you know there's a, like my Uncle Sal used to say, there's a lot to be said for not saying anything. No. <laughs> exactly. It's like fireworks. You don't see it until the explosion happens. Oh, Lord, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a that's a way to explain it. Well, um, <laughs> well, Star, um, I know you've been on the show many times, and of course we have a friendship outside of here. But can you tell my shiny stars what is it that you do? I mean, in a short version, because you do a lot of things. This radio edit version, yes, ma'am. Yeah, the radio edit version. <laughs> Not the album version, please. Oh, you know, the A-B side. <laughs> I am the Special Programming and Events Director for the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce. I am also the liaison between Greenwood and National Juneteenth. I sit on the executive board for the National Juneteenth Executive Committee. I am the director of the National Miss Juneteenth Pageant, which will be taking place October 13th through 16th in Galveston, Texas. Um, and as Special Programming and Events Director for the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce, we are planning um, our second World Class Women Winter Gala. And if you were there last year, if you missed it last year and heard about it because the tickets sold out too fast, listen, this is the one you don't want to miss. If you thought last year was off the chain with Johnny Gill and the first African-American female mayor elected in the U.S. and honoring the first GM and VP of a major media corporation in the state of Oklahoma, uh -uh, Martha Vaughn, um, and re recognizing Rose Washington, uh, listen, this is the year you don't want to miss. So tell Kevin Perry he needs to call me if y'all need some help with the... Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, can, I can relieve some of that stress off of Listen, he might have to. I'm just saying. Now, you, you'll give it back. Trust me. <laughs> you'll be like, now, Ivory Girl, I love you, but take it back. <laughs> 
No, but that that was a very short and sweet because you have so many other things you did not list. Uh, I did, you know, and oh, let me go ahead and throw this out there. We're also planning for our Blocktober event in partnership with the Black Flower Society. It is our Trunk or Treat Festival event, Greenwood, October 29th, 1 to 4. All ages are welcome. I guarantee you everybody's going to get something out of this. We've had um, race car competitions and uh, obstacle courses and all kinds of food and inflatables for grown-ups and kids. Trust me, the day will be lit. <laughs> well, please, please, please make sure we get that PSA over here. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. All righty. So you got a lot going on uh, with all those titles. So how does that in like translate to the Greenwood Cultural Center? Well, it translates with the Greenwood Chamber. Chamber, excuse by. me. <laughs> My bad. It's all it's all right there together. So it just it feels like it's one big umbrella, but it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the thing is, is that. The message of Greenwood and Black Wall Street uh, transcends a geographical location. What we want to do is make sure that everyone is educated and empowered about what the fundamentals of Black Wall Street mean. Um, I, I have a program called the Black Wall Street Affiliate Program, and my tagline is Black Wall Street Reimagined. And at the end of the day, unless we give uh, ownership, take ownership of land and property, we're never going to rebuild Black Wall Street the way that it originally was. But because we live in such a high-technology world and because things are not always just in one set location, Black Wall Street is everywhere. And at the end of the day, we have people who are capitalizing off the name, but they don't have any connection back to the roots, right. the base. And that's what my position is with the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce, connecting with National Juneteenth and um, – expressing what that that means in a fundamental and foundational basis um black wall street was built from a grassroots standpoint and connecting with national juneteenth creates that corporate opportunity because we are in partnership with the reginald f lewis foundation and if you don't know who reginald f lewis is i i employ you to go and look him up he was the first black corporate billionaire and after he passed, not only did his company continue to remain popular, it is the umbrella that a lot of major ice cream companies, vegan companies are birthed under, and they're under his umbrella, Beatrice Foods International. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's something to be looking into, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so how that translates is we want people to be able to live be, breathe, work, and play Black Wall Street. We want Black Wall Street to not just be on Greenwood. It's not just um, in Tulsa. It is all over the place. And we have people who come from all over the world. The fact that Tulsa is now on multiple global tourist destination lists, and we are nine times out of ten the only American destination on these global lists, We've got to be able to take advantage of that and allow people to come and see what our our business owners on Greenwood have to offer. There are 42 businesses that are there, and they can they contribute over 7.5 million dollars back to Tulsa's economy. This wow. is 
Pays, this is Frio's, this is Gina's Lock Shop. You know what I'm saying? These are small businesses. They get Big work. A's bail bonds. Big A's bail bonds. Yeah, yeah you got to take into consideration that these are small businesses. Not one of them closed during uh, the COVID crisis. Mm. In fact, we, we went from having like 33 businesses to expanding to about 44 since 2020. So, I mean, at the end of the day, um, support your small businesses. Absolutely. It, that's how we build Black Wall Street. Let me, let me just interject here, Aubrey. Uh, what she said about tourists is, is correct. I mean, you know, you know, I go to Greenwood a lot, and I've been down there. I've met people from, you know, Germany. I've met people from England. Uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's always people, uh, tourists coming in, like to Wanda Jay's there at lunchtime and on, on Saturdays and things like that. We met people coming up. I met some uh, guys that had a, a, a bike club that came up from Dallas. Uh, some guys from Chicago, some bikers from Chicago, and these are African American bikers, you know. And they're, they're, I mean, they're there to see the history, and they're taking stuff back with them and taking the message back. And I think what Star is saying is, is important. I think that the idea of of a Black Wall Street, I mean, every major city ought to have one. You know, the the idea of economic self determination, the idea of you know building businesses that provide jobs for people in the community, that provide ownership of businesses in the community, that create that generational wealth that actually helps people lift themselves up out of poverty and, and, and in, into different uh, economic positions, and they in turn can help their families. And I mean, that, that's what it's about. And unfortunately, you know, one of the problems that we've had in this country is that uh, a lot of the services and a lot of the businesses in African American parts of cities, they're, I mean, they're they're not supported, and they're they're you know they're, they're just not supported. I mean, here, here's the thing: if your neighbor has a business, okay, support your neighbor's business because that helps build and grow the community. And you know, if, if you got if you have a choice between going to a big box store where maybe the, the maybe they'll give some corporate lip service to whatever, but they're not actually doing anything. And, or you can support, you know, somebody local in the community that's there that's, that, that maybe your family goes to church with or that you went to school with or that you know. I mean, you should have it in your heart that you want to see them do well. Just like they should have it in their heart that they want you to do well. Because, you know, I've said this a hundred times, but no one's coming to save us. I mean, there's, 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 no one's going to come and wave a magical wand. There's no great savior that's going to come in and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, be able to, you know, put this in, put that in. People have got to wake up. They've got to wake up and they've got to see what's going on and they've got to work for themselves to make their sphere of influence around them, their lives better. And it, and it can be done. Listen, listen, all the trials and tribulations that people have been through historically in this country, okay? I mean, I mean the, the, the things that we know about, some of which are taught, some of which aren't, okay? I mean, if people can endure and persevere through that, then the idea of being able to economically build communities ought to be a piece of cake. It should, but I also want to just kind of plug this here. Um, you know, we're talking about those small businesses and economic development, but you have to know that those businesses exist. Um, and oftentimes, uh, especially in our community, and Star, I know you can, you can vouch, we'll put up a business, put up a sign, and expect people to come. 
Right. And that's exactly. that's not how that works. And at the expo, although it is a whole lot of work, <laughs> at the Women of Color Expo, you know, there are some seminars that are taught for free about marketing uh, in a digital world. And uh, there's a Google seminar um, about targeting your, your, your audience and, and how to grow revenue. And, you know, I implore everybody who has a business to come and get this information because it's free. Right, and I'm and I'm I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said. You know, people need to support biz, small businesses. At the at the same time, we have to recognize that just even with me working with the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce and being in partnership with SBA and U.S. Black Chambers of Commerce, I've learned that over 1,200 businesses are started every day by. Mm-hmm. So if 1,200 businesses are started every day. There's a spirit of entrepreneurship that is a, a pandemic in our country. It is, it is, it is taking over. That's the one thing that I am proud of as far as being, you know, uh, an entrepreneur and being an American. But what we should be paying attention to is when we're starting these businesses, is this a business that's going to be create a service? Is it an opportunity for you to actually make a difference? And I'm not saying don't start a business. I'm saying make sure that the business that you create is going to afford you the opportunity to actually capitalize and create that opportunity for wealth building and legacy creation. I mean, legacy building, wealth creation and legacy building. Clear. Um, and I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said too, Hanson. Um, self-determination will put you out there and <laughs> You'll market your business in places where you wouldn't normally find yourself. As an entrepreneur, I've had to find myself in places that I wouldn't normally be in, passing out my card, making sure that I'm communicating and networking and creating partnerships with people. Because if they don't know that I exist, like you just said, Aubrey, they can't support it. and, and, And the best part about being connected to the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce, and I have to commend and pat Dr. Freeman Culver on the back for what he's done over the last four to five years, just being in his leadership position, creating the partnership with SBA, creating the partnership with U.S. Black Chambers of Commerce. We had last year, our fundraiser was a world-class women winter gala. It was to create the Small Business Women's Center, which is now on the second floor of the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce uh, West Building. Um, that in turn created, we have an incubator program where if you want to start a business or you already have an existing business that needs to engage, you have an opportunity to come and set up a storefront, um, have a, a, a spot where your business, whether you uh, put grills in people's mouth, pierce ears, if you cut hair, if you are an insurance salesperson, if you have a pop-up restaurant, there's an opportunity for your business to gain um, a customer base. But, if, but you have to be responsible for your own success. You have to be responsible for your own business's salvation. Um, I'm also going to go back to the, the conversation about um, what he was saying about, um, uh, you said something about reparations. To me, I feel like reparations are absolutely necessary. It's a conversation we don't even have to deliberate about. But at the same time, we, we live in a capitalist society. America is... I'm going to say it's the greatest country on earth because we have the opportunity to make money however we choose to. Um, And at the end of the day, self-reparations to me is you taking advantage of the, the system that's been created for you, not waiting idly by for somebody who took something from you, stole something from you, and expect them to repay you. When they had, when they intended to take it from you in the first place. 
So in order for you to be successful, you've got to determine your own destiny. You have to be in control of your own self-success. So go and ahead. You, and you can be. And that, that, I think that's, I mean, one of the things that really just kind of pisses me off, Aubrey, is, is the negative messaging that the youth get. You know, they get these negative messages that, like, they can't do this and they can't do that. And that is, I mean, that is so wrong. And in terms of reparations, I mean, I certainly think that if we can send hundreds of billions of dollars overseas, okay, and we can send it to countries that hate our guts, hate our citizens, and kill our citizens, okay, if we can do that, then we can direct some money to help our communities that are in distress. I mean, they don't want to give us the money for, or they don't want us to have the money for, um, for student loans cancellation, so I, I highly, highly, highly doubt <laughs> that reparations is on the low, the lowest end of the total pole. Let me say this. I think that people, I think that people don't realize that they've got power, and, 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 and there, there's, 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 a, there's power, at least, I mean, you know, I mean, at least for now, there's power in the ballot box, you know, so, so I guess what I'm saying is this, is that, you know, people need to demand better out of the people that, are, that have been elected to represent them. I mean, there are, there are things that are in the community that are set up to fail. We all know what they are, okay? You know, the housing program, which I'm sure people thought, oh, God, he's going to get to it at some point. I am going to get to it because I'm going to tell you something. When the history books are written, if they're ever written correctly, they're going to look back because that, that's going to have to change someday. They're going to look back and they're going to say that the, the, what has been done to the African-American community in particular in the housing uh, system, is an absolute travesty. It's a travesty of, of justice. It's, it's going to watch my language. It's inhumane, okay, to take the father out of the picture, mm. to take the mother and put the financial load on her, the mm. physical load on her, okay? And, and, and she's got to carry all that weight, okay? And the minute she tries to help herself, then she's penalized. They cut the benefits or they do something like that. I mean, my God, if the goal of, of, the, if the goal of these programs is to help people lift themselves out of poverty, then, then, then why is there a weight put on them? I mean, what's the real goal of these programs? Is the goal to help people or is the goal to keep people shackled? Mm. Well, what is it? And people got to wake up and ask themselves that question. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. You can see the fallout. Everybody, I mean, you, you can see these kids. Some of them are hopeless. I mean, these young people, they shouldn't be that way. They shouldn't feel that they got to go pick up a gun or they got to go start dealing or they got to start doing this or that to try to make it. Okay, and I'm telling you, those are our tax dollars. And if they can give them to these foreign countries, they can sure as hell bring them to our country and help our people out. That's it. And until people wake up and say we need that to happen, you know, it's, it's just going to continue to be the same. There is no reason why, you know, uh, you know, we, we go and we nation build. Okay, we, we build every nation but our own nation. Why can't we build our communities up? Why, why, why do you know? Why is it that that like? There has to be so much poverty. There has to be a lack of infrastructure. There has to be all these things that, that shouldn't be, okay? Because I'm going to say it again. I don't care what happens across the ocean to the degree that it doesn't affect us here. I care about my American people here. I care about the people here that are suffering, you know? I mean, we need, to, we need to be building ourselves up in such a way that we've got the strongest, greatest country. There should be jobs for our people, good-paying jobs for our people. Not, not just, you know, hey, hey, we're, you know, here's a hush puppy. Sit down and shut up, you know? You know, we'll give you a holiday. Sit down, shut up, you know? I mean, I mean what, what good does that do when people are, when people are starving, when people, when people can't go to college, you know, because they're afraid? Like you just said about the student loan program, you go to college and you come out and you've got these loans at 8 9 10%. Why in the hell are they charging that kind of interest? 
See, charge enough, charge 2% or whatever it is, enough to cover the cost of administering the program. Oh, you forgot we live in a capitalistic society. Yeah, we have but, to capitalize and yeah. put people in debt in order to continue for the country to, con to make money. Okay. The country can't make money if people aren't in debt. That's, yeah. that's how the country makes money. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if we don't pay attention to debt creation and how wealth creation is formed, we are going to fall by the wayside of the debt creation. And we have to educate ourselves. And I think what, what has continued to happen, just like you said, is that we have to hold our leaders accountable. Mm -hmm. And our vote, our vote on the local level is where it starts. People may feel like, you know, my vote doesn't count. They're going to elect whoever they want to elect. But that's, that's not, not true. true. That's not yeah, true. Yeah, you have to get out and vote. Um, and it's imperative that you understand why your vote matters on the local level because these are the people who affect your day-to-day -day living. Absolutely. It's, yeah, the people who affect your day-to-day -day living are your city officials, the people who you elect locally. These people may – you can not believe in government all you want to, but if you use an indoor toilet, the city government makes sure that your <laughs> toilet flushes and your water runs and you can wash your hands. Okay. Your they are the reason for the inflation on the water bill right now. You hear me? So, and, and that's where your city official comes in as well. That person is supposed to be aware of the inflation and they're supposed to address those disparities. Mm -hmm. And we also have to make sure that even when those types of inflations happening are happening, what else is happening within our communities to make sure that if this is an uncontrollable inflation, how is this going, what are some other things that are going to subsidize? Is there also an opportunity for our local um, businesses to create jobs? Is it, is it, can we get a part-time job to help, you know, if some Somebody, are we getting ready to have an increase in uh, a paid wage? A if tax break. Like, huh? A tax break. Something. There you go. Tax break. All of these things are, are affected by the people who we elect locally. And if we don't hold these people accountable by showing up to the polls and making sure that everybody knows who we want, who we stand by, and what we need for our communities, people's basic necessities in life are food, clothing, and shelter. Mm -hmm. And if those are your main concerns and your local leaders, city influencers, city officials are not making sure those issues are addressed, that is going to be the reason for the inflation and crime. That's going to be the reason why there's a lack in education and people dropping out of school because they can't read. So I, I don't need to be in school because I need to go find, you know, a job so I can help my mom take care of my brothers and my sisters. Right. Because why Hanson just said it. The father's not in the home. My right. mama has to do all this work, and if a man is present in the house, it looks like we now have two incomes, and now my mama's not able to take care of us the way that she needed to. It's a whole system mm -hmm. that's been implemented that we have to know that we can fight against, but you've got to educate yourself about it. Stop. Speaking to the education piece and, and everything you said, basically, first of all, I definitely totally, utterly agree. Um, secondly, you know, this is why I am totally against civics being taken out of schools. I don't know whose bright idea was not to teach civics anymore, but th there are so many young people who are graduating not understanding politics, like the basic form of politics, like the fact that you need to vote for your district leaders. Like in Tulsa, which since this is where we are, there are some there are different districts and I can tell you right now where I live, we and and I'm pretty sure Hansen can tell you there's there's stoplights not stoplights stoplights but um street lights in various locations that don't really matter. 
<laughs> because it's dark on one half of the block. And it's like, that's that's not an okay thing. But if not enough people get out and vote, you're not going to get those changes. You're not going to get those things. Exactly. And if there's potholes, you're not going to get those things fixed in your neighborhoods because it's not enough uproar. Well, hey, you, you remember when we had Charity Marcus on a while back? You know, she made a really good point, and I, I want to reiterate that point today. People have got to be able to take the emotion out of it. Mm. That's the thing. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, is if I can keep you mad, Aubrey, I can control you. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. if, I, if, I, if I can, if, if I can, if I know that you're going to have a visceral gut reaction on, on anything that, that you don't it. like, if I then all I got to do is keep making you have those reactions, That's and I just steer you down the road I want you to go to. I'll play you like a damn fiddle, That's right? Mm -hmm. And so that people have got to take the emotion out, and they've and they've got to actually do the investigation and, and look into and find out. Okay, just don't take somebody's word for something. Mm. Look yourself and figure this out. You know, and then ask yourself. Why is this guy saying this, or why is this gal saying that? You know, what's their agenda? What's their motivation? What are they getting out of it? You know, because it's a simple solution, right? I mean, the, the community needs economic growth. It needs it needs economic success. You, if you had those things, then what happens? A lot of the crime goes away because people don't feel like they're forced to hustle, right? You know, um, you know, with with, with the, uh, the you know, the, thankfully we had sentencing reform under the last administration. So some of that's working, but you know, for, for years and years we had where you take some young man and he gets popped with some weed and they give him 20, 25 years, and then you've got some child predator over here and he gets five years and, and, and oh, and it's a probation. That's it. And I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta ask yourself, why the hell is that happening, right? And, and that's gotta change too, but people have to educate themselves on that because mm -hmm. not everybody that says they're your friend is your friend. I mean, in the Bible, what is it? Depart from me, I never knew you. <laughs> and that, that, that's it, you know? And, Bible, like I've said before, a lot of times it's just like the devil with, with Jesus in the wilderness. All this I will give to you if you will vote my way. But everything I'm giving you has got a damn hook in it. A hook in it and a chain in it designed to keep you from being able to rise up and realize your full potential. Mm. Alright, listen, listen. We have, we've gone on a roll here today and um, I think we need to do a part two. We might have to put this on my podcast or something because it's getting real. <laughs> but, um, Star, will you tell the people how to follow you and to keep up with everything you're doing with the Greenwood Chamber, please? Absolutely. You can go to my Facebook page, Star, S-T-A-R-R. -R. And if you know me, you know that my profile picture is Honor Rose, a.k.a. Toots. Yes, um. Toots is so cute. <laughs> Yes, Toots, baby. Um, you can follow me on IG and Facebook. You can also go to the Historic Greenwood Chamber of Commerce Facebook page. We also have an Instagram page as well. Um, don't forget, if you have uh, any questions about Blocktober, October 29th on Greenwood, one to four, inbox Black, Black Flower Society. That's what it is. Black Flower Society is our, our partners. Um, Heather Nash and her, her group, they are strong partners with us for this event. It's, it's an amazing event. Bring the family out. Um, also, if you have any questions about the gala, hit me up. We're getting ready to, to gear up and start promoting. We've changed venues. We're expecting two to three times as many people as, as last year at River Spirit. So um, look for the World Class Women Winter Gala. We're coming strong, ready to hit you hard. All right. Thank you, Hanson. What about you? 
Well, I give my obligatory plug. In the event you've been hurt in a car wreck, you've been hurt on the job, you need Social Security disability, you have a loved one that's been abused in a nursing home, so the bad's happened uh, with a coach, teacher, minister, youth leader, one of your children, give us a call at the law office of Jeff Martin, Hanson Durrani, 918-728-8888. That's 918-728-8888. You guys see, uh, I think the public sees some of our silly commercials out there. I hope they enjoy them. We've got some more coming out that I, that I think people will like. Uh, but we're here, and you know, we we may we may kind of we we just we're just different lawyers. We're just a different kind of breed here. You know, if what you're looking for again, I'll say this: if what you're looking for is somebody that's stuffy and they got a stick that's someplace it shouldn't be, <laughs> the sun don't shine. We're not the right lawyers for you. But if you want somebody that's going to tell you how it is, going to be straight up with you and, and do their best to help you. Then give us a call. I mean, we're, we're your guys. 918-728-8888. Thank you, Star. All right, Shining Stars, you know what to do. Hit them up if you need them. And make sure you stay tuned in and turn to up. You know that back in the day buffet is on the way. 105K Jam to pop in R&B hits.